So who are you? I am Cassidy, and I am married to my lovely wife, and we live in Salt Lake City. And this is my lovely wife. I am Jillian, the lovely wife. We live in Salt Lake City, and we're married. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for sitting down to, to chat with me. Um, and then I was at your wedding, and I was super yes. excited about that. Mm -hmm. It was and so we wonderful. Had the most amazing <laughs> wedding video of all time. Yes. Oh my gosh. It sits very prominently on my website. Does it? Yeah. We've shown it off a lot. We have. We're like, yes. oh, you guys are at our house. You want to see our wedding video? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Dude, we got married in the woods. You want to see our wedding video? That's so good. Cool. Um, let's talk about, I want to know your upbringing in the church. I'm kinda, I want to know, like, were you, were you super active? Were you just going through the motions? Were you, you know, at odds with the church? Um, I just kind of want to get an idea of both of your experiences. Okay. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay. <clears throat> um, I was raised LDS, like born and bred. And um, I was raised kind of everywhere. I was born in Vernal, Utah. So like right in the heart of Mormon culture. Um, and then my dad was military, so we moved around all over, but my family was super active everywhere we lived. Um, we always, you know, we're always a big part of the, of the church. My parents were always having big callings, like district leader callings and stuff. And I was really active in, and part of it until probably my mid-20s. And then that's when I kind of started falling, like, not falling away, but like having, just having a lot of questions and... We'll get into the, yeah. the faith crisis. So growing up for you, you... You're very active. You're very active. Yep. Did you ever like question the church? Did you ever struggle with like, is this true? Is it not true? I never like struggled with if it was true or not. And I don't know if that was because like I just really believed it through my parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely went through the steps, you know, that they tell you like read the Book of Mormon and pray and then you'll know the truth. And I did that. And and I, I had very strong spiritual experiences. Um, but I don't know that I ever... I don't know. Looking back now, there's a lot of things that I question about my like mm -hmm. my my activity in the church, like mm -hmm. where where the motivation came from. So I'm it's still something I'm I'm kind of learning about myself. Mm. When did you figure out that you were gay? Well, I um I actually that did, you are gay. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was gay, Passes. and now I am not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually didn't realize I was gay for a really long time. I was I was in my 20s, probably about the same time as I started having kind of a faith crisis. But they were not related in any way, hmm. oddly enough. But I, I actually thought I was bisexual for several years. And then it was just in probably the last couple of years that I, like, taken on the term of, like, gay and lesbian and realized, like, that's that's me. Like, a lot of it was, like... I don't know what the correct term is. Compulsive heterosexuality. Yeah. I guess. Kind of like clinging to that part Just of I still like it. men. Yeah, like, I like women there's and a small I like part men. of me that likes men, but really it's like I I've I've accepted that I do not like men. Is that's a new term for me. Is that compulsive heterosexuality is that kind of like if you growing up in the Mormon church you're so ingrained that like it's one way and this way only yes. that Mm -hmm. You kind of think, no, I do like men, or I do. Yeah. Or like, if way. I just find the right guy. Yeah. Then I then I'll have those feelings. For but that's it. like uh, that's like not a church exclusive. No. Term. That's just like growing up in a straight 
society. Right. Society, heteronormative society. But I would say within the church, it's, it's, it's definitely, definitely, definitely yes. like, yeah. Because you're never presented with another option. Mm-hmm. It's, and it would it's, make it even more difficult to acknowledge other feelings besides those. Right. Yeah. And even, even when I was, like, coming to terms with, like, being bisexual, which is, like, again, I thought that I was for a really long time, even that was, like, it just felt very weird to claim that because it's not anything that you're presented with. I don't even remember my family really talking much about gay people. I remember my dad telling me about some experiences he had. Um, like, I don't even know what the experiences are. He never gave us details, but like he kind of had a little bit of homophobia from some experiences he had in like the Navy mm-hmm. when he was really young. And so that's about the extent of my, my family talking about mm-hmm. gay anything and just to get a sense of the situation too is how does your family um are they accept like do they acknowledge that you are gay do they accept that you're gay do they live in denial what what is the the status at first they were really there was a lot of struggle which was expected i honestly went into coming out to them with this expectation of if they kick me out because at the time i was living at home for a few months and i was like if they kick me out of my house like I'm willing to accept that. Mm. Like, I'm not coming into this with any sort of, like, you guys need to change now. It was very much like, I'm willing to accept whatever happens from this point out. Mm. Um, And that's, and they were very, like, we love you still, nothing's changed. But it was still, it was still, I would say, probably a good year before, you know, after I came out, before they really started to come around and be like, I don't know. There was always a, some an underlying tension mm-hmm. after that, and now, and it's been in the last year that they've like, it's actually really nice to like hang out mm-hmm. with them, and they're like very open about me and Jillian, and you know, the, my nieces and nephews know we're married. Mm-hmm. There's no like hiding that, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's really great. So, I mean, I still think. Obviously, like, they're still very active in the church, and I don't know that that will ever change, and I don't expect that to ever change, but there's still a little bit of weird tension there. Yeah. But for the most part, it's, like, it's it's been really, really nice, actually. Yeah. It's been pretty quick. Pretty unexpected from your family, especially, because yeah. they're very devout Mormons. Yes. Yeah. So, so they... That's really impressive. So they remain devout, or I like to call, I like to say Orthodox Mormon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they remain active, but they're still, they haven't pushed you away. No. Or no. at least not right now, or I don't, I don't want to say that. They that's, never that's, really pushed me away. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to imply yeah. stuff. Um, but they're, op- they're openly accepting of yes. you and Jillian yeah. and the family, despite that they... So they don't agree. That they don't agree. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they've, you know, they've said That's that like, impressive. right. Yeah. yeah. Early on, they were like, please don't ever expect us to under, like fully understand mm-hmm. this because as far as we're concerned, it's not right. Yeah. Which I think that's something that I've, I still struggle with because I'm just like, you guys like see us mm-hmm. every other week and you know how we are and you know how much we love each other. Like. How is that and not changed and shaped? Yeah, than you were five years ago. Yeah, and but you know, I don't know. I have a brother who's not LDS at all. He, like he's completely left the church. Um, I think he considers himself agnostic even, mm. and he he's been very like I don't know. It's interesting because my family has never tried to like talk me into coming back 
like, you know, you should still like do all these things and read your scriptures and Is stuff. That they haven't done they that? Haven't. They haven't. They haven't. Oh, wow. But he, on the other hand, has been very much like, you should leave the church. Like, let me tell you, you know, like you're gay. So why would you want to have anything to do with it? Like he's definitely the more vocal influence i guess yeah Yeah. which is it's it's kind of interesting to me that that's been the case (laughs) so jillian uh help me understand how you were raised how where were you with the church growing up so my family was super active as well um i was raised yeah like cassidy said born and bred Um, are you utah are you utah no i'm not utah i was born in colorado moved to montana utah north carolina back to utah for college Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, and moving a couple times within those states. So mm-hmm. big big on moving. My family moved a lot. But, um, yeah, we were, like, very Mormon. You know, we did the whole, you know, family home evenings and, and, you know, girls camp and youth conference and, you know, just raised in it. And I've I've never had a very skeptical mind. And so I was never, like, you know, what part of this doesn't drive with, you know, my inherent humanity not to say that mormons are inhumane but (laughs) i I understand what you mean i understand what you mean yeah so there wasn't a whole lot of conflict there for me and i did i did also have a lot of very like strong spiritual experiences um and i think that i don't know i just i think that a lot of people think that that means that that you know if you can have a strong spiritual experience about something that it must be the undeniable truth and the whole entire thing must be true and I just don't think that's the case Mm -hmm. and I think that the spiritual experience that I had the experiences that I had were very personal and um and I still subscribe to the idea that they were like manifesting a truth to me Mm -hmm. um but I don't think that it was necessarily tied to Mormonism like -hmm. exclusively um so yeah and I I also did not um just to, to answer the next question, I, I didn't know I was gay until I was in my 20s, until I was in college, or was I 20? No, I was like, you were I, was, like I was a freshman, teen, I was 18 or 19, or and and my reaction to that, it wasn't, like, my parents really didn't talk about gay people, I knew that, you know, marriage was between a man and a woman, but... Um, <laughs> I knew that marriage is <laughs> I knew that, that well I knew that that was God's favorite kind of marriage or his the only one that he blessed off the only on. valid kind the only valid kind of marriage was between a man and a woman and so when I realized that I was gay I really just took it it was kind of weird the way that I like like just took it and ran with it because it was just like I was like well I'm gay and this is my trial, and I'm going to still be a righteous Mormon, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to be single forever. I'm going to find a man that I can love. And that's it. That was it. There was no, well, you know, can I be gay and stay with the church? There was no, like, questioning, you know, whether or not I could deviate from what I had learned. It was just one path. And that didn't even cross your mind either. It wasn't like it, you, you just immediately went to... That compulsive heterosexuality. Immediately, yeah. I'll just have to find the right man. I'll have to find the right man. And I I fully believed that I was, you know, I could find a man to love. Whether or not I was, like, fully, you know, sexually and emotionally attracted to him. I could find a man who knew that I was gay and never intended to keep it a secret Mm -hmm. and who would support and love me anyway. 
get married in the temple, whole nine yards. Um, but yeah, that was, that was always my first thought. And I was very proud of myself for that. I was very proud that, that I was so strong that that was like my first instinct was I, I can do this and I can still keep the commandments. Hmm. So let's fast forward real quick to where are you two with the church as of right now? As we speak. No longer in the church. Yeah. Not a Mormon. Don't associate with Mormon. Don't subscribe to it. Don't tell people I'm a Mormon. When people ask if I am, I just say I used to be. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I... Sorry. I, um... Yeah. I think the last few years... uh, My... My, like falling away from the church has been like a little bit longer process that's been going on for several years. And actually it was a like super recent decision that I struggled with a lot more than Jillian did, which was like really odd. Odd. (laughs) Jillian like made this decision and she was like, I'm going to like, this is, this is what's best for me. Well, for me, it was like, I had to make a decision. I couldn't just be in limbo. I couldn't just be like, Mm -hmm. I'm a Mormon, but I don't go to church. And I'm, you know, married to a woman. It was like, I had to be all the way in and, and not to say that I needed to divorce her to be all the way in, but just like, if I was going to be a Mormon, I was going to go to church. I was going to like be active in my ward. Mm -hmm. I was going to read the scriptures and pay tithing and do all that stuff. But if I wasn't, then I was going to be done. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't, I couldn't just like float in the middle. Just like wishy-washy yeah. feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I had to make that decision. Like I felt like I was like trapped without making a decision. So, that was sort of like a, a big motivation for me to just do it because I felt very uncomfortable, like being in limbo. And I think for you, it was more like, I don't need to make this decision right now. Yeah. Like definitely, there's a decision to be made, but mm-hmm. I don't have to make it now. Yeah, I didn't ever feel like this intense that, that urgency. need mm. to, yeah. like I have to figure this out right away because there's been a lot of like I don't know and did you say that you've made that decision recently yeah it was just probably within the last couple months mm-hmm. I was like yeah I, I think I'm right there with you like I'm not, I'm not out like, you know, telling the whole world like, guys, yeah. guess what? I'm no longer Mormon but also I'm just kind of like quietly, you know, if somebody asks then it's just yeah. like yeah. And it was very just like one day, shoot, yeah. was just like, yeah, I think, I don't think I'm, I can be a member of the church anymore. And that was it. And I was like, okay, like, do, <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Like, do you want to tell me how you're feeling? And she's just like, not really. Like, that, that's it. I've worked through it. Yeah. That's my decision. And I was like, okay. I like, think I had I think a lot. We were like going out the door to lunch or something. I was like, all right, let's go out some lunch. I had a lot of like internal, <laughs> internal decision making. And Jillian's process was very much like, let me talk through very this with external. you. Or like making sandwiches in the morning for your like lunch boxes, whatever, whatever yeah. you do. And it's like, oh, by the way, honey, I'm not Mormon anymore. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I was like, pickles. I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like, okay, do like, it. Like, so, so what's going on? I was just like, that, that's, that's it. all I need that to tell you. Just, that was like, the whole thing. <laughs> giving you a heads up. I made a decision. So, yeah. So it was a very different process because I was very much in, in, let's have a discussion. In, let's in verbal turmoil about yes. it. I was very, very back and forth. I think I knew what I wanted, but I didn't like that I wanted what I wanted. Are you both still like on the actual membership? Yes. Yeah, we haven't okay. removed our records. Um, how does it feel to like finally like cognitively like in your head like you know what 
I'm not Mormon anymore. I, you know, I've made that decision. How does, tell me. It was. Tell me why that's tell important Tell me about your experience. It was, well, it was, what, is there like a specific? Well, just like, I feel like, I feel like that decision was a very weighty decision for you. It was. So it was just, just because I had put so much importance in being a Mormon because I. That was your like identity. It was. And like on top of being gay, like I wanted to make a difference in that community, in that very marginalized community of gay Mormons. I wanted to be there and be like, this is what you can have. This is the kind of life that you can be living. Like you can be happy here. And I think it was very upsetting to me to realize that I couldn't be happy there because I wanted to be. I really wanted to be kind of that example. Um, and then it was just like falling apart. It was like crumbling away. And I just like, I couldn't hold it together. And I, I wanted to so bad, but it was, I didn't have enough good reasons to, to maintain my membership and to still identify as a Mormon. How, when, just give me a timeline you were married a year ago. Mm-hmm. When was this? Did you make this decision within the last year, or was that before? Yeah, you it was. It was within the last year for okay. sure. It was. Um, I would say even within the last six months, you really buckled it, down. It really into it. like came. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember when that one day was. I have it written down when I. I asked for a sign. I asked for a sign to, mm-hmm. to m- finally make the decision. It's like, if I should leave the church, give me a sign. And I got the sign. And I wrote it down, so it's dated somewhere. But I think it was like in November or... No, it was this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely this year. So it was just a few months. Tell me about the sign story. Like, yeah. Why okay. were you seeking a sign and what happened? Yeah, so the sign story. So we, um, we've been doing a lot of like like universal work, like manifestation and like quantum leaps and all that good stuff. And, um, and so we have both like set signs for ourselves so that, you know, if we want to feel, you know, love from the universe or like, you know, ask a question and want to get an answer, like we ask for that sign and my sign is lions or a lion or, you know, however it chooses to come. Um, and so it was just like, it was just like one Sunday I was just sort of like, you know, I was, I felt like I was ready to make the decision, but I just wanted that final like confirmation of which way to go. And so I was just like journaling about it and, you know, like wrote my intention and just said like, okay, like if I should leave the church, show me the sign. And, um, and then we were at, you know, Cassidy's parents' house for Sunday dinner and we went downstairs and, um, just watched a, you know, put on a movie with, our nieces and nephews and it was some Disney movie like Moana or something but in the previews was um, a commercial for like a remastered version of The Lion King and I didn't even register it until we were like going home that night like we were driving home and I was like oh my gosh like I saw lions like five minutes after I asked for the sign there were lions and it was like just a lot of emotions just sitting there and realizing that was my sign and now I have to leave the church and it wasn't it wasn't like well now I'm being forced to leave the church it was just like that is the answer the answer is to leave the church and I feel like I knew that intrinsically already but just to have that like final like yes like this is the way you should be going was really difficult and you know so it was like it was a tough ride home. I was just feeling a lot of different things, just like betrayal and 
loss and anger and sadness just, you know, because I wanted to stay in the church. I wanted to, I wanted it to be my home and it just wasn't anymore. I just had to go. Do you feel like, so you've made this decision, you know, draw, mm -hmm. drew the line in the sand, hard stop, you know, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. It's done. It's done. Um, <laughs> do you feel like you, you're kind of throwing away your Mormon past? Like, is it kind of like, oh, well, that was all worthless, you it's, know? It, well, it's hard. It's hard to kind of navigate that because that was, like, a huge part of my identity for a really long time. And, like, I have some very distinct spiritual experiences in regards specifically to the church that it's kind of hard to tell, like, well, was that a placebo effect? You know, was that, like... I know that I'll get this answer for this, and so I got that answer. Or was, you know, like, it's it's just, it's kind of hard to dissect, you know, how much of it was truth and how much of it was, you know, me sort of playing into the feelings I thought I was supposed to be having. Um, and it is weird, and it was hard to just be like, I don't have that identity anymore because I've, like, I've, I think I've, leaned a lot on like my labels to define myself you know like as a mormon that meant that i was peculiar and i didn't use swear words and i didn't drink and those were like my personality traits and then i didn't have that anymore to like fall back on to be like when people are like oh well like what, what are you about what do you believe like oh i'm a mormon and like here's rule one two three all the way through 13. and it, people know those rules here's our articles oh you're faith. mormon oh you don't drink coffee oh you don't drink alcohol yeah. you don't smoke you, you don't get have you have 10 wives <laughs> right they know all the rules I yeah i love that you say that how that was bound to your personality like you felt like that that made me special it did yeah like losing that it's just like the ultimate recipe for an existential crisis. Like, mm -hmm. who and am I? That is exactly what, what I'm going. What am I? No, that's totally. Actually, I've I've like had some very emotional conversations with one of my sisters about I, and I've just been like, like help me. Like, I don't know who I am. You know, I don't know how to identify myself anymore. Cause like, you know, like I'm I'm gay, and that's cool, and I really like that I have that that title. But it also doesn't explain anything about me. You know, it doesn't really. It, it's like I like women and that's like the extent of what that says about <laughs> that's me. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know, truly. Dear world, I like women. Yeah, that's, all you need to know that's it. Yeah, just tattoo that on my forehead and we're good to go. So yeah, it's um, it's definitely been, it's been like a major identity crisis, um, you know, and, and just trying to like rebuild like so many things. Like everything fell apart when I, when I left the church. Not like my life. In a, like my life, my life just yeah. like became miserable or anything like very much the opposite but you know I didn't have a religious structure anymore and I didn't have an identity anymore and I didn't have a community anymore you know it's just like I don't belong to anything bigger than myself that has a name that's really difficult like just in the sense of being a human being because mm -hmm. we spend our whole life building that up yeah and it's maybe that's I don't know. Like communities are like essential for survival. Is it survival. uncommon for people to lose all of that in just like one fell swoop? Like, I feel like it like is. In the middle of their life? I feel like it totally that's, is. I feel like that's a unique have, they experience. They have like the, the groups that they, you know, associate themselves with. You know, it's like I'm an American. I'm a Catholic. I'm, you know, and, and like, like religion is such a huge part every time. Right. And so to be on the outside of any religious group and to be like, I have religious beliefs, I'm not an atheist, so I don't belong to that group. 
I don't like the term agnostic because it's like, what does that even mean? Um, I feel like agnostic is, is a more negative, like you have sort of a negative attitude towards God, which I don't like. That's sort of just like the feeling I get. I'm sure that's not the exact definition, but it's like, it's just like I am outside of every group religiously and it's, and to be a religious person and to have been raised religiously, that's like a very unsettling experience. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of like, there's a lot of ambiguity that gets inserted into your life once you start questioning, once certain things, of the pillars of your faith start crumbling. Right. And from the Mormon perspective, uncertainty or ambiguity is awful. It's yes. like it's wrong. It's almost evil. Yeah. And now I'm on this complete other side of the coin where I'm like, ambiguity is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the definition of the human fabric of life. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's so awesome. Like, what is death? I don't know. What happens? Who knows? Yeah. But it's like, there is death. Yeah. Anyways, I get a little <laughs> creepy now. <laughs> what matters is the death dark is. side. <laughs> but it brings me back to, it's like, questioning Mormonism and leaving it or you know being in that transition stage is like for me I felt like I used to have like this super strong rubric for like I know what's right I know what's wrong I know mm-hmm. how to find happiness but mm-hmm. now it's like I don't know what's right yeah that, I don't know what's wrong yeah and that's really it's actually terrifying yeah because like what if I start doing stuff that's really bad like, I don't know if it's bad yeah what is bad what is right, right? <laughs> like, you get what I mean like, yeah because you don't have when you those don't have like a framework yeah when that framework crumbles it's mm-hmm. like whoa like you're really left flat-footed yeah and there's like, like no how, like there's nothing spelling it out yeah there's no scriptures there's no magazines there's no conference talks there's yeah. no you know there's nothing to it's put like, your faith into right how there's do you nothing know to give you answers how do you know if a certain resource is reliable you yeah know? right that's something and it's all really kind like, of like you navigate it by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's you and the universe and you just figure it out. That's something we've really like, I think it's been good that we've gone on this journey together. Mm-hmm. I mean, very different versions of the journey, but like we've been able to really rely on each other. And it's something we've really like talked about. It's that gauge of like what's good or bad, what's right for you. And like something we've just talked about it a lot that's just con- consistently been a gauge is like, does it bring you joy? Like true joy. Not just like this, oh, it's exciting, but like, am I actually happy in this moment? And if it is, then you're probably good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Cassidy, what, what about you? I don't even know what I asked you originally. About the I asked you about the sign, sign. but... Um, well, you asked about like what? us like leaving the church and what it's like to not be a Mormon after being a Mormon. Yeah, so I think right. you kind of answered that a little bit already. But it's, it's well, what was for what you, was your journey like, yeah. to leaving the church? Because it was all it's all very internal. So it I was. Know a lot about I it. didn't have. But I it's didn't. It's still very fresh for you. Being yeah. That you've decided to try like to move on. Basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been like like several years that I've been kind of making. I think making this decision in my mind. Um, it's been a, a slow process, but it's like you know, I just kind of started becoming dis disenchanted with like various aspects of the church. I think it actually started a lot during the Proposition 8 stuff and I don't know why. Like looking back now I get it why it bothered me so much. But looking but at the time you I weren't out to yourself back then. No. Oh, okay. No, I, when that was going on I was still I was still married to a man at the time and I was still considered myself very active in the church. I had a calling and I went to church every Sunday and I but it just rubbed me the wrong way and I remember having lots of 
angry conversations with my father-in-law at the time about, because he was against Proposition 8. And I think I was like trying really hard to be like, no, this is right. But it's like in my heart, I knew it was like really ugly. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we care about gay people getting married? Like that's not, they're not hurting anything, you know? But it was like the church was against it. So I had to be against it. I love how you say they're not hurting anyone. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's like. I don't care what other people do as long as it's not hurting other people. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think I like couldn't really make sense of it, but the church thought this one thing. And so I just was like, I've got to go along with it. And, and then, you know, and, the, and then like as the years passed, just things just didn't sit right with me. I didn't like, you know, different aspects about the organization. Like I don't love that it's such a patriarchal mm-hmm. system. Um, I, so things were just slowly chipping away yeah, for you. So, yeah. Um, I was actually kind of curious if, I don't know if this is going to derail where you're going, but if you come to terms like who you are being, uh, being a gay woman, if, if that was just kind of like an immediate like, oh, I can't be Mormon anymore, or like that was a catalyst, or what, how that played into everything. Um. No, because I, I kind of started leaving the church before that even happened. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> To be really like super honest about it, some of it came from just laziness. I was just like, I don't want to go to church on Sundays. I would like to have an extra week and day, you know? And so that's kind of like the little ball that got it rolling, but it was like in my heart it felt right to continue in that direction. It was not just like there this continual. There was no driving force to keep you at church. Yeah. There was, it was no like, like joy I, ne- I, I got to a point where even before I realized I was gay, even before I started on that journey of figuring out my sexuality, I was feeling not at home at church. I'm so glad you introduced to me the the, the term compulsive heterosexuality. What was it? Compulsive heterosexuality. Compulsive yeah. heterosexuality because mm-hmm. what you're explaining to me sounds like compulsive faithfulness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you read your scriptures because you have to, but really like no one Why wants to you, do that. Yeah. Like, no one wants to wake up at 6 a.m. and read... Like, thou shall not kill so, other people. Some people right. do. My dad loves it. My mom does right. too. But, but like, it's not for everybody. It doesn't bring everybody joy. But we all express that same dissonance where it's like, we do it because like, you We're know, I need to be to. doing We this. should be. Yeah. It's just compulsive yeah. faithfulness, even though I felt the exact same way. It's like, I Why love am I doing this? Church on <laughs> yeah. It feels like, like we a holiday. Love, we love having church. our Sunday mornings. And we, yeah. we always, like, and it's still, we still talk about, I mean, we haven't been to church in a year. Probably a year, really? Yeah, I don't think. Well, no, it's been less because we did go to our ward. But anyway, yeah. we it's been several months, and and every Sunday we're like, man, it's so nice to have our Sundays. Yeah. To to get things done and to just have time together that's not tied up in something that we don't even enjoy doing, you know? Yeah. So it was it was several years past, and it was just like slowly. I was coming away from the church, coming away from the church, and and then I just kind of st- stopped going altogether, and and then I took my garments off, and then I realized I was gay. It was just like, but it was over several years of this happening, and and while it was happening, but I she didn't, didn't realize she was gay until she took her, like the second she took her garments off. Then I was off, like, I'm, like gay. I'm gay. Wait, really? Just no. <laughs> it just just the way that she no. said that. No. Yeah. Like, garments off. Now I'm gay. <laughs> Leave your garments on if you want to be straight. My life changed in an instant. When I release myself from the the shackles of heteronormative institutional. But it was like, 
I, I think during that time, it was just a very personal thing. It was just something I didn't really feel the need to have big discussions with anyone about. I mean, me and Jillian ta have talked a lot about the church and like why we have these problems with it and what doesn't jive with us. But, but when we met, we were also talking about our testimonies We were. We were. We would so have we literally hours-long conversations about the church and about Joseph Smith and about our testimonies. But even through this process, you know, she's been very vocal about like, here's where I'm at today with these feelings. Mm -hmm. And all mine's been just like mulling it over in my head. And I haven't really, I haven't mine had any. Mine was very explosive. It was very it was. sudden. It was mine very, was very gradual. Everything's falling apart and I have to make a decision. And I think that's why when I finally was like, okay, I'm no longer Mormon. It was just like, this is a thing now. Mm -hmm. And it was not this big Thing. like for Jillian it was it was very weighty and for me it was just like I've come to this over several years and so like I've, I've already you, made peace with it I feel like to put a metaphor to it for you it was like having like a pile of salt and like dripping water onto it over a period of years and for me it was like the pile of salt and someone just punched it it just just yeah. everywhere yeah 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 this actually yeah. helps me process a lot because I feel like I'm a lot like you Cassidy where I've been mulling it over over several years but I'm wanting it or changing it into this explosive experience. Like it's I'm like trying, happening all at once, too. I'm like, well, I'm wanting, You're wanting, I'm wanting that. Jillian's the experience. Dramatic. I'm trying to make it more dramatic. Than, <laughs> but, but like in my head, it's just kind of like, like it's just kind of like casually like, it's like nah, yeah, I don't like, know That doesn't make anymore. sense to me anymore, and this doesn't really jive, yeah. <laughs> and church is boring. And <laughs> so I've, talked, I've known you guys for a little while, but we've, we've had interviews before, so I... I I know a little bit more about your story than I do with other people, um, but you two, you met each other, and you, I felt like you guys came out together, or like you, mm. you kind of helped each other realize that who you, who you were, you're, that you're, mm -hmm. isn't that true? Yeah, yeah, it was, well, I think, she was out to her I family, was out to but, myself or my but family. still like, I'm going to be active and so, find a man to marry. Yeah, still going to be uh, a good okay. woman. But well, when you two married, you were saying that, Jillian. You were, when, when we met, we when were... You met, sorry, sorry. <laughs> when, when we married. Met. <laughs> She's like, honey, I, I like, might divorce you when I find the right man. <laughs> and I was like, I still need to find the right man at our wedding. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, yeah, so um, I'm curious because it's you two met and you helped each other realize more mm -hmm. and more who you truly are, mm -hmm. but yes. at the same time, you had this Mormonism lingering in your life. We did. Mm -hmm. And not just lingering, like you're still trying so to be active or trying to, re to keep a testimony. Tell me, yeah. tell me about that. Um, well, it was, I mean, it was, it was nice because she and I shared a lot of the same feelings about the church, you know, very much like, you know, we, we, we do love and, and sustain the gospel and the church, not so much. Like that was like what a lot of our discussions were about where we just like talked about how, you know, the, the base aspects of the gospel were very important to us and that we had a testimony of them. And then the structure of the church was, you know, was, we were kind of like disenfranchised with all of that. And, um, I don't know, that was like one of the first like deep conversations that we had together. And I think it was nice to have that commonality because a lot of Mormons that you meet like are very afraid to go into that. They're very afraid to question the church, you know, because the church is true. And it was, it's very... Speculation it's, is sin. Yeah, right. That's and how I was raised. Yeah, that's like indoctrinated. Speculation yeah. is sin? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My mom, my mom, I remember very early... 
I mean, well, I say very early. It was probably I was probably a teenager, but I remember her saying, "Speculation is sin. We shouldn't question what the prophets prophet say." And I was like, "Okay, I guess you're right." <laughs> Like that you know, sounds when, right, yeah. When you're, yeah, sure. Oh when you're in that, it feels it makes it, sense. It makes sense, but when you're mm-hmm. out of it, it's like that's crazy. That's talk. cultish. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. 100%. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like don't ask questions or you'll you'll lose your faith. And it's like, what kind of a faith is that if you can't ask questions? It was nice though that we could have these conversations that were very open and frank about like, here's where I'm at in my testimony, mm-hmm. or these are the questions that I have. These are the pain points that I'm feeling in relation to the church, mm-hmm. and so, I don't know. So you were, it sounds like you guys were kind of compartmentalizing slash separating like core tenets of the faith uh-huh. from mm-hmm. kind of the institution Very or the culture so. or Very things that so. you're like, no, that's probably not revelation from God type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The gospel and the church were not were like one and the same. And was that in an effort to kind of to stay Mormon or to stay in this yes. faith paradigm? Like looking looking mm-hmm. back on it, definitely trying to like preserve my testimony because the church was doing so much stuff that was like hurtful and confusing. But you could be like, but, but I the, could, but the but gospel, like, the gospel that is untainted by humans is good. Could you two have sustained that? You think? Probably. I think we could. I think. I think we'd have. I think I'd have to be a very different person to sustain yeah. it. But I think I could have sustained it if I wasn't on the journey that I'm on right now. Yeah. I just think that it doesn't make sense where we're going. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. I don't know. I. It, that's like that's a whole other can of worms that we could open right now. But it takes several mm-hmm. hours to get through. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> So, How long do you have? <laughs> Let's fast forward to just a little over a year ago when I met you for the first time. Where we had our first interview and you were planning the marriage. You're getting married in June and we mm-hmm. met sometime in the winter. Mm-hmm. And either you had moved or you were moving. Um, I just remember something about some kind of speculation about, like, when we move to a new ward, we don't know what the bishop's going to do. Oh, yeah. And you were coming from a ward where the bishop was um, very accepting or, or I don't maybe. Did we ever go to, I don't think we ever went to my church in a while. No, because your I, bishop was not good, but we moved into a ward that my, was amazing. Yeah, my, oh, yeah, my bishop was really bad. So but she work, had a good bishop. I did have a good bishop. That's what we were, I remember talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, she well, had good bishop karma, and we were hoping that that like held out when we went it to did. Salt Lake. Cause, so what, does that mean you were you two were kind of hoping to stay at least affiliate, not affiliated, but kind of connected to your Mormon? Yeah, Lord, yeah. We were moon? planning on going to church pretty regularly when and we, we got did start. Here. We, did, we did for a we, while. We went like for a couple of weeks when we first moved here, and then it just started being like. I don't want to go today. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to go. Like, we only have two days of the weekend, so I want to sleep in on Sunday. And, like, and I think I think part of part of my difficulty with leaving the church was, like, in major part, like, why did, you know, we land an award that was so amazing and so accepting when I'm not even going to be here for it? So the award that you, the award that you two moved into after you were married was... Fantastic. Great. The bishop yeah. wanted, he was like, I'm going to do it, see what I can do to combine your records as a married couple. Yeah. Which is like unheard of. Yeah, he totally. Said that? He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said things like, 
like I talked to him about breaking my ceiling from my ex and he was like, I think that divorce should break a ceiling. He was like, there's no reason that a divorced couple should stay sealed when they clearly don't want to be married. Yeah. And he, he was, he's like a revolutionary. Honestly. I've like never heard a bishop talk about, he talked about gay marriage and how he was like, you guys are welcome to be as active as you want to be in this war. Like when we asked, like, what are we precluded from doing? He was like, he, nothing. He was like, what do you mean? And we're yeah. like, well, should we take the sacrament? Should we, like, do, are we going to have callings? And, and he, he was like, like, that's up to you, basically. He was like, you should have as much activity in this ward as you want. Yeah. The coin was totally flipped. Totally. Yeah. That was you two coming with, like, the indoctrination, like, what are we precluded from doing? Right. Yeah, Instead exactly. Instead of saying, saying, me, like, you can't do this, this, and this. Because we were, like, we were braced for the worst, basically. We were just, like, you know, we'll check it out. We'll, like, sit with the bishop and, like, you know, really, like, f- get a feel for the water so we know what to expect from here on out. And it was just, like, totally mind-boggling. Just, like, like such a gift. And, you know, I, I think I'm still a little confused about why we got such an amazing bishop mm-hmm. when I wasn't, like, our path was not within the church from there Because we manifested an amazing bishop. We did. That's true. And you have great bishop karma. I do. I've always had you great bishop. bishop karma. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Oh, okay. So you have this amazing bishop, and you're at the stage where you're really questioning, like, do we want to remain Mormon, mm-hmm. like, affiliated Mormon? And... That really complicates things, mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. it? Because it's, yeah. But, that, to me, but to me, it sounds like you, you both were moved on. I don't know what I'm saying. You met a bishop that was really accepting, and it's like, yeah, you can be a part of the ward, and you know, as active as you want to be, but the other parts of your faith, the non-gay parts of your faith, mm-hmm. were, ah, that sounds awful, but <laughs> you don't judge me, right? No. <laughs> had moved on. You're like, well... You question like, well, do I actually believe in this gospel? Do yeah. I actually like, think do that? I we, want to we like moved into the ward, but we were already like... kind of at the point where we were like, we don't think this is for us anyway. Yeah, uh, and it was it was like talking to the bishop. It was a surprise, but it wasn't a relief. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, now like, we can stay. Thank heavens we can stay. Thank heavens we have a home here. It was just like, wow, that was unexpected. And then like the doubts about the church continued. And the, mm-hmm. the feeling that I didn't want to be in it, but also... Never quite feeling comfortable. Never... Yeah. Feeling like going there and listening to the talks about eternal marriage between man and wife and how women, their sole purpose is to create babies would just, you know, knowing that I would put myself in a situation where it would just make me angry and hurt and feel ostracized mm-hmm. and just give me more reasons to focus on negative things. Mm-hmm. I just like didn't, that just didn't feel like a good step. For me, that felt like moving backwards. Cause like even even if the bishop was amazing, even if the ward was welcoming, the principles that were taught were the same. And the church, the church, there's so much from ward to ward that varies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we could move into another ward and have a horrible bishop, and mm-hmm. it's like just personal. They get to they get to make the rules. You know, yeah. and and regardless of the ward that we ended up in, you know, like the teachings from general conference right from the prophets and from the scriptures are still the are same. still the same still the same it's still exclusionary it's still patriarchal it's still all the things that upset me well i, I find this really interesting now know, knowing your stories the way you grew up and also the way you um you know when you, you two came out met each other got married and now you know have moved on from the church 
it wasn't you, you know, coming out as gay. It wasn't you that made you leave the church. It wasn't yeah. you getting married that made you leave the church. When that was, I remember talking to you a year ago, that was, that was a concern. Mm-hmm. And it's a legitimate concern. But I find it really interesting that it was like, it was, it was, it was separate. It, it was, was separate. Yeah. Exactly. It was, it was the actual faith. It was a faith crack. That sounds awful too. No, no it, it was. What it was, was a legitimate faith crisis yeah. that yeah. led you. It wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't any of the things that, that was like, Oh, you're gay. So you're leaving the church. Again. Right. It was like, I, Oh, I you guys to want be stereotypical, but that's yeah. a lot. I've talked to several gay Mormons and that's how they feel. It's like, well, I'm gay. I have to leave now. Yeah. Or I feel like, like we I got like, married and so we can't be a part of the church. Yeah, like, I we feel like, were like fully intending to make everything work together. And I feel like my sexuality literally has never come into play in that way. I, I feel like even when I came out, I felt like if I want to make it work in the church, I can. I will find a ward that I love and I can find people that I can build a community with. And that like just never mm-hmm. fazed me as far as the church. It just was other things that really I, I just couldn't accept anymore. That made me unhappy. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, okay. Let me figure out what I want to ask you next. Apparently we got to like some really good stuff now. Um, so we kind of touched on this a little bit before, but you've both moved on from the church. You decided that's not going to be part of your life. You've, Sounds like you've come to some type of terms with, I grew up Mormon, and that was just what it was. Mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily bad or good. Uh, parts were good, parts were bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe this is kind of where, where I struggle a lot with my Mormonism, my faith, or lack of faith, or lack of Mormonism, is I was told what the truth was, and I knew what it was for so long. Like The definition of truth is this, it's unequivocal, it's unchanging, it's eternal. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know what truth is because if I don't believe it is the truth, like, and they, and that was the claim that it was 100% certain, 100% like truth, yeah. <laughs> objective, unequivocal stuff. Like, how do you define truth now? What is truth? I, we've been on kind of a spiritual journey throughout all of this that's been somewhat related to the church but more just like in us trying to better ourselves and become like the best versions of ourselves and and it's been a really interesting journey to I mean it's still one I'm sure we'll be on for several years but like it it's like what Jillian was talking about um, before with like being in touch with the universe and stuff and because I feel like there are things that are undeniable out there and I think the biggest one is just that like we should be happy all the time. Like people make life, they overcomplicate life. And I feel like, especially within the church, there's a lot of, it's so, there's just this like disconnect between the scripture of like men are that they might have joy. And then like, don't do this, 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 you know, here's a list of 500 things you can't do. And whether it makes you happy or not, because they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, we had this conversation today where we were talking about um, why why am I doing things if I don't enjoy them? Like mm-hmm. why why am I forcing myself to go to a church I don't mm-hmm. I don't connect to just because somebody told me I should? It doesn't make me happy. 
I just because some people say this is where you can find joy yeah. doesn't make that true. And so I think something we've both felt very strongly about is like the the key to like happiness, the key to like living a fulfilling life and finding truth is like where there's joy, there's truth. And I don't I like know. That. That's deep. Thank you. Yeah. I just came up with it. That's actually really good. I'm going to put that on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> like live, laugh, love, and then where, where there's, there's joy, joy, there's truth. truth. Um, that's much better. Girl, that's, that's much better than live, laugh, love. <laughs> I got to say. Um, <laughs> live, laugh, love just reminds me of like we leave society more. Yeah. yeah. It's just like live, laugh, love. <laughs> yeah. But it's been interesting to like kind of build our own version of spirituality and truth because I found that like connecting to I I still believe in God like I still have a strong connection to God I don't at this point I'm not sure what exactly God is to me but I still have a strong connection to that idea and I feel like I've learned a lot about like who I am like my my intuition or the light of Christ or whatever you want to call it. And that's where I found a lot of my truths of like, when I'm, when I'm, we, we always talk about being in alignment and that's like where you're, you're on the right path, like for, for you, like whatever your path is, like when you're right on that path, it's like you're in alignment with the universe and with this higher power. And, and when that happens, it's like you get, that's when you get like the goosebumps and you feel that peace and you feel that like, and you feel good. You just feel, you feel so excitement good. and light. Yeah. And, and that's truth to me. And that's like the gauge. If I'm feeling unhappy about something, if I'm feeling miserable about it, or it makes me feel depressed or something, then I'm like, that's not, that's not truth to me. Mm-hmm. That, that is my soul rejecting something. And that's been my gauge is like, how is this making me feel? If it makes me feel peaceful, if it makes me feel joyful and, and happy and ready to move forward with my life, then that's, that's my truth. I don't know if that answers the question very well. No, I, I feel I mean, like I went on a really... No, no you I, can't. You like circle so back. That sounds, that sounds so much closer to the human experience, like being in tune with your emotions, which mm-hmm. are inherently human, right? Yeah. yeah, and like understanding your inner voice, yeah, like yeah. how it speaks to you. Yeah. Which is hard. It's hard, especially coming from a background of like, let me spoon feed you the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, your soul doesn't, if your soul is not accepting what you're being given, then mm-hmm. why, why accept it anymore? Well, and, and based on what you shared there, it's like, it has to be, what I was saying, you, you have to experience it, you have to discover it. And while the church, you know, grow Growing up as a Mormon, you are kind of taught to like seek it for yourself and that experience that it's still kind of at the end of the day, you're spoon-fed. It's like at the end of the day, the church is true. You just have to figure it out and be one of them. And if right. you don't figure out that it's true, then you're wrong. It's it's yeah. figure out for yourself that the church is true. But by the way, the church is true. Right. Yeah. It's like get your own personal has, witness, it but like it has to be this of, witness. Yeah. It, ha- it feels like it has like this like vagueness of like this beautiful human experience of Discover your emotions. Figure out the universe. But it's not know? truly that. Right. Because it's narrowed down to one truth. Mm-hmm. It's it's that it's like does your does your discovery fall in line with what we're teaching? Mm-hmm. If it does, great. If, if it not, then you're, you're wrong. wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if the church 
kind of in lieu of the the way the church preaches that you know we have this restored unequivocal eternal truth mm-hmm. if that's not the truth then is the church like this huge con this complete and utter farce i don't know that i would say it's like a farce because there are a lot of people that find joy in it my mm-hmm. mom her life is wrapped up in the church and she finds peace in it so i think i think people can find truth in anything and you know, what makes you happy should be your truth within reason. If you're a crazy person that finds joy in killing people, that's probably not a good truth to subscribe <laughs> to. But, you know, I think it's like your dad loves to read the scriptures and that makes him happy. Yeah. And it doesn't make us happy. No. But does that mean that it's wrong? No. I think there's a reason there's a lot of mm-hmm. dis, um, Dissonance? Not dissonance. Like, there's a reason there's a lot of people leaving the church, though. There's a reason there's a lot of people arguing with what's being taught across the pulpit. And and that's happening because people are not happy with with it. But they don't know, they don't understand, maybe, why they're unhappy with it. Well, to build off that idea there, too, is I feel like there's much more information available now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Before, before the age of the internet, it's harder to find information to corroborate or confirm why I feel irksome about this or that or the other. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why the millennial generation is just, you know, is they're bleeding. The church is bleeding out with the millennials mm-hmm. in that sense because we're we're internet savvy. And we're we, all connected. We're all connected. We we share things. We Facebook gives us what we want to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you like. If you're questioning something, so like say you hear a, something being taught in church and then you go on Instagram and you watch someone's story where they're talking about this exact thing that you're struggling with, where they're like, I felt these things too and this is how I remedied that. Like, why wouldn't you pursue that avenue, you know? When you were talking about, um, you know, for some people like your mom and your dad, they're so involved with the church, it brings them real joy, like, like sincere joy. It makes me think... It, it kind of clicked for me because on my mission, I was like super zealot missionary. Like my mission was like everything to me. It was just like I loved it, the people. And that's always been a difficult point for me because it's so weird to be like on the complete other, other side, like where it's like I was so involved. I was so I was preaching it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's been hard for me to reconcile that. Like, how could I have had so much joy with that at like so much connection and meaningfulness, but now I don't feel that way now. But um, anyways, back to what I was getting at <laughs> is maybe it made me, it kind of made me think maybe at certain times in your life, certain things bring you joy, certain, those emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Those, that this, it's like different parts of your life are different modes of discovery, right? And I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, maybe my mission was this, this time in my life where I was exploring like the Mormon route mm-hmm. and that brought me a lot of joy. It was really helpful. It's yeah. Anyways. Well, if we believe that we are like eternally progressing, which is something they even teach in the church, it doesn't make sense that you would stay in one spot and that would be your spot forever and ever and ever. The joy that you have when you're 10 and 20 will and be, 30 the joy be the same joy at 60 and 70 and in eternities. Yeah. I just think that like, we're always going to be learning. We're always going to be finding new things about ourselves, new things about the universe and about life and the people around us. And I don't know. I think 
the church very much is not a church of progression as much as they are like we need to learn now because we're going to progress in the eternities but then no it actually stops once you reach your kingdom Mm -hmm. like that's something that never connected with me i was like that doesn't make any sense like like, what's the point progression but as soon as we die we're sorted into our kingdoms and then progression stops so it makes more sense to me that god would encourage learning and moving forward in whatever direction is the right direction for you. And forever, and it's never, a person, And it's a personal journey. There's not one journey for every single person. So it's like truth isn't just one static thing. It's this constantly evolving, mm-hmm. truth, progressive thing. I feel like truth is everything for everyone. Truth is whatever it is for you in the moment. Like, because for, like, a long time, like, I... You know, I did the whole thing. I prayed about the Book of Mormon, and I got a witness that it was true. And since then, I don't think that's a witness that I can, like, subscribe to anymore. But at that time in your life, it but brought you peace. Time, it did, yeah. And so that was that was my truth at the time. That's what and you it needed. It's no longer a truth that applies to me, but that doesn't mean it wasn't true then. And that doesn't mean it's not true for other people who feel it. Um because you know i think i think in a lot of ways you know regardless of the origins of certain things i think if it brings you peace there's nothing wrong with it you know and i think that the book of mormon does that for a lot of people and i know that like there's a lot of people who are like well if joseph smith was a fraud and the book of mormon was just you know like like written by his friends then you know the whole church is wrong and it's like there are there are some like inalienable aspects of truth within the church such as eternal progression Mm -hmm. and it's and it's like you know those were the tenets that i clung to right up until the very end and i think that the church does a very poor job of executing them but they are still there within the church and i think that um i always say that if there's truth in anything there's truth in everything and i think that includes the mormon church so Every person I interview, I have them do this exercise. So I'd like you to paint me a picture of your relationship with the church or, or even how you perceive the church. Um, and when I say paint a picture, I want you to use like, you know, you can talk about literal breath, literal breast, little breast strokes. <laughs> that's a lot of time, mister. Or you can talk about like, I see these types of colors or I want you to be very visual in describing this. Um, and it could be abstract, it can be very literal, whatever, but again, paint me this picture of your relationship with the church. You each get to do it too. I have these, there's these paintings that are like, not abstract paintings, they're like, I guess, impressionist paintings maybe? I don't know what they're classified as, but they're like, there's a lot of them, and they are like paintings, and they're like a rainy painting. I'm sure you guys have seen them before. It's always people with umbrellas and like car, like yeah, horse like, carriages. Like Victorian era yeah, and it's yeah. like it looks rainy, so it's like it's very, it's a little bit abstract, but you can totally see the picture. That's what the church feels like to me. Is it's like I want to like this, I want it to be something it's not, and 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 because of that, I I can't like I can't put it in my house. I would like, I can't hang it, like, I like the idea of that, I like, but it's very, like, muddied, and it's very blurry to me, and there's just, so I can't connect to it anymore, like, 
I don't know. I feel like in high school that, that type of painting would be like in my room and now I'm like it's not for me anymore. It doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. I like that. That's it's a good one. It's no longer pleasing to you. That's how I picture the church. It's a rainy painting. Slightly out of focus. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's like I really want to like those style of paintings and I just don't like them. It's like, <laughs> that makes me think of like, let's say you go to a museum or like you're in a class or whatever and everyone's just like obsessing over this thing that you just learned or like some like concept, like some thing of like visual art and it's like, you're talking about this artist and like, Everyone's raving over the thing, and you're just like, I don't get it. Yeah. It's not that cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't really care about it. Like, oh, I guess that's neat. What about you, Julian? Um, I'm, like, trying to think, like, in terms of, like, visualizing what, it, what my relationship with the church feels like. Um, I, can, I can tell you mine if you need some more time. Yeah. What's yours? Mine is, mm, it's this monochromatic gray sky. Everything is just different shades of gray, but it's not static. It's a moving painting. Kind of like that storm stuff I was talking about before with the immersion, but everything's slowly moving. There's swirls, there's rain, there's really dark spots, there's lighter spots, but it never kind of stays the same. And it's just delightfully and like deceptively and frustratingly ambiguous it's just you don't know what it is but you're kind of drawn to it um yeah it's just this large gray 30 foot by 50 foot gray painting (laughs) (laughs) that's a big painting painting. (laughs) i want it to be really big yes (laughs) um i don't know i don't know if i think about it very visually i think about um I know that's the point of the exercise, so I'm sorry. No, okay. but, um, <laughs> You're failing. I know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just kind of think about, like, just then versus now almost, like, being in the church and just thinking that, like, the Mormon ads were really cool and, like, you know, this is, like, the movie that they made, like, I Am a Mormon or whatever, and it's like, we're, we're just like everyone else and we're all over the world and it's like, you know, all the, all the promotional stuff that they put out. It's, like, very happy, shiny, smiley you know, ethnically diverse people like gardening and raising their children and and smiling at the camera. And like, I remember being like, this is a great church to be a part of and this is really cool. And like, this is the one true church. And then to now look at it and just be like, it's not the one true church. Like everybody thinks that about their church. Like we're not special for thinking that we are the restored truth, you know, like Everybody thinks that. That's why they're part of their religion. Like, that's why people are devout, is because they believe that their church is the one church. And just, like, just being on the outside of it now, it just, I don't know, it just kind of, like, when I think of it, I just think of a a chapel with the doors closed and just being on the outside and never going in. And just remembering what it was like to be inside and not really identifying with that person anymore this might be kind of like a coarse analogy but about one i really like that i love that um it makes me think of like fads in the 90s that mm. you're like you look back like bowl cuts or like those <laughs> stupid zip pants short things that you can zip up and turn into shorts <laughs> yeah. and, you, and like when you look yeah, in no. the time they were way cool and you're like i really want like 
you wanted those like when the Razor scooter came out. You know, you wanted yeah. that. But oh, now yeah. when you look back and you see those see a kid doing that, mm-hmm. you're like What a nerd. Oh, what what was I how did I ever like that? Like, yeah. what was I thinking? Yeah. It's like coming out on the other side and just being like, I just don't even know where my head was at to be like totally on board with all of that stuff. Yeah. Like I was not like your relationship with the church is like a nineties fad. Like pogs. <laughs> like pogs. Oh Pokemon my gosh, cards. I was so good at pogs. I was really good at pogs. What's pogs? Oh no. <laughs> How does he know what pogs are and you don't? Because we're like well, two, I don't years know, two years apart. Because yeah. my, my pogs parents, are like my parents didn't buy in the pop culture. That's true. Pogs are like these little cardboard. Did you have older circles. siblings? Yeah. Her family was not pop culture. Not family, pop culture though. anything. I, I never had a Furby. Never had a Tamagotchi. Mm, no, I never forget that I'm so Never got to listen to Britney Spears. Not even. Mm. A, you were never a kid. I know. You didn't experience I missed out. I never got a Razor scooter. Didn't have Heelys. I didn't have a Razor scooter. Oh, I hate Heelys. I got the Heelys. knockoff Razor scooter. <laughs> which Did like, it break easily? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. It, it's just, it was like, cool, I got a scooter. I'm like, I feel so cool, but like, it's not a Razor scooter. It's yeah. a micro scooter. <laughs> <laughs> not the same it's not brand name it doesn't count so now when i look back at that i'm just like oh i made the wrong decision <laughs> <laughs> okay well cool the very last question i have for you too and it's kind of a weighty question but you can just take it for what it is is what is the purpose of life oh oh the purpose of life is to be happy yeah that one be to find joy that's it. That's it. That's if you it. are happy, then you're. That means you're in perfect alignment with what the universe has in store for you. Yeah. The purpose of life is to find alignment with the universe. The purpose of life is to find alignment with with yourself and with source, which are like that. They're like one and the same. And source can be whatever you think source is. God, the universe, an ambiguous cloud of energy, dust, whatever. Yeah. When you say alignment with the universe, I think like. Like truly figuring out who we are and constantly figuring out who we are. Yes, and being there like Because once you figure out where you are at that any given moment, it's like that's where you feel happy. Yeah. That's yeah. Like you feel like yourself. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're one with the universe. Like yeah. You really do, right? It's yeah. Like yeah. You feel out, find, You feel get like those you goosebumps. Like the, yeah. the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you're like, I am so perfectly at peace right I now in this so, moment. I feel, like, I feel so, so happy right now. Yeah. And it's not, all, and it doesn't always stay the same, right? Like what made me, what gave me those goosebumps five years ago is definitely not the same today or yeah. it's evolved rather. Yeah. It's because we're continually evolving. Like yeah. that's, and you should be, that's, etern- in, that's in eternity. When we move on to whatever comes after this mortal life, we're going to continue to grow. Mm. We're going to continue to learn. It's never mm. going to stop. Yeah. I like that answer to the purpose of life. That makes me happy about life. Yeah. <laughs> also, I feel like it's so much less pressure. Yeah. Totally. If you are just focusing on like finding joy, like real joy, there's just no pressure to be like, I have to be in this box. How obscure is it to think that the way I find joy is to be pleasing this entity that I don't know exists named God? Right. And yeah. Then it's like, that who, you have no connection who, to. Who I'm told wants me to be miserable in some things and to wants me to be happy end. in and others. It's just, it's just part of like the journey to make you happy later. It's like when joy is this alignment like, with the universe. It's like figuring out who you are. Yeah. And being one with the earth. I feel like it. I feel like it makes so much sense. That That's completely like totally obscure to think the other way. Yeah. It's. It makes so much sense to me that the purpose is to be happy because it's like why else do you think being happy feels so good? It's. 
it feels good because it's something that we are designed to pursue. Everybody wants to be happy. Whether or not you think you do, whether if you want to be some nihilist or whatever, that's fine. But like everybody wants to be happy because being happy feels good. That is like the biggest connection humans have with yeah. each other. So, everyone wants happiness. When, yeah. we're, when we're not happy, is that just like us falling out of the line? Yes. Yeah, that's like that's literally exactly what it is. Your soul, your soul is resisting whatever you're doing at that moment in time. What you, what you are are experiencing in your physical, like in your physical ex- experience, what is happening there when you don't feel good is just that you are leaned away from your inner self and and your true self and and source. And so whenever and it makes it so much easier to feel good almost immediately I have such an interesting experience with that because as my marriage was like falling apart like I mean it was my marriage was not great to begin with but like the last probably four or five years of my marriage were just awful and I had such horrible anxiety that I developed an eating disorder and literally the second my ex told me he wanted a divorce my anxiety disappeared like I have not had anxiety since then. Like it was a it was a difficult experience for you because it was you, hard for sure. Divorce up until divorce that point was, was not an option. Yeah, for you. and I mean it was it's hard to see a relationship fall apart, and it's like what do you do with these twelve years? Yeah. Of my life, it's like the church. It's like the same yeah. experience with the church. Yeah. But but to me that was like that was the sign that it was right because it was like at that moment in time I I and since then I have not had anxiety, problems with anxiety. That's and I was I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. It wasn't even just like I felt anxious. Like I had this mental illness that has almost completely disappeared at this point in my life. So it was like you had like a rapid realignment with yeah. Like, yeah. like when when that when your ex was like it was like a divorce. prolonged misalignment, and that then was all of a sudden, immediately. my the universe was like, "Yep, you're on the right path again. You can find joy." The anxiety was gone. I feel like. You guys sharing this helps me figure out, you know how I mentioned, like, what is right, what is wrong, how I figure that out. Like, how do I, what, you know, like, what what am I supposed to value in life? What yeah. am I supposed to do? It's like, the way I make decisions then is to, is to find this alignment, to find mm-hmm. what really makes me happy, what I'm yeah. really passionate find about. Find what feels good. Find what and feels good. And then go after that. We had this conversation the other day because we've been talking about moving to Atlanta because it's got a great film scene. Mm. And so we're like, there's lots of opportunities there. And I've been like really resistant to it. And I don't know why. I, and I've really, really recently realized just because I'm really resistant to change. Resistant to change. <laughs> but the other day I started talking about moving as a reality. Like when we move there, when we find our house, this is what our house is going to be like. This is where we're going to live, you know. And like, and I just started getting, I was like almost giddy talking about it. And, and Jillian was like, this is you in alignment. Like you're feeling so happy about this. That means it's like the right thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just like moving, like learning to move towards what feels good in every situation. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and that's, you know, manifestation is a whole other discussion, but like that's like the basis of manifestation is the more Creating that you, more that you focus upon what feels good, the more you create more of it. Mm-hmm. So when you like focus on like having a terrible job and, then you have a terrible job. Annoying coworkers, you you continue to attract that into your life, or mm-hmm. you know you think that you're you're not worth anything, and you and you need to like that all of your relationships create anxiety. You're gonna 
attract people who will deliver that. And so it's just like the more you learn to feel good and the more you learn to move towards the things that are just that just bring joy and peace, it just gets better from there. It just grows. Mm-hmm. Well, that our bishop experience was exactly that. I've yeah. always had really good bishops and mm. and I was just like it like wasn't even a thing. I was just like we're going to have a great ward, we're going to have a great bishop. And we did. Yeah. And you always had bad experiences with bishops, and you kept having bad experiences and with bishops. And I think that has a lot to do with the guilt that I felt for being gay. Yes. Was that, well, I mean, I haven't always had bad, I've had, I've had intermittent experiences with bishops, but I think that makes a lot of sense considering the relationship that I had with the male idea of God. Because it was, it was very, it was very, like, love and punishment in the same hand, like, I love very, you. I'm doing this much, because I love very you. Very much I love you. I love you unconditionally and it's your and it is your experience to be punished. It is your experience to suffer. And so I think I I did I really balanced back and forth between bishops who wanted me to suffer and bishops who loved me unconditionally. And so I don't think that that was a coincidence that that's what I brought into my life. And it's just like you know, we could honestly go on for hours. For like hours, the law of attraction. This is like and this is like our, our like our jam right now. It's, it's really interesting. I'd like to actually just on a separate occasion. Talk yeah, about it yeah, we should. It's it's actually really helpful to process certain things. Like oh, like that's how you can go about life. Like, <laughs> that makes sense. I, f- yeah. I really feel like if you think of life in just terms of finding happiness, mm-hmm. it just feels so much better than like this rigid. Regimented, and yeah, like I have to endure to the end. Like I hate that phrase yeah. so much yeah. because it just implies, it that, implies life that life is, is suffering is and life yeah. should be a struggle. Mm-hmm. It's like this essay that you. It's like an essay where the title is like, "How to Find Happiness." So it feels like you're gonna get into something good, but mm-hmm. the meat of the essay is like enduring to the end, yeah. doing what God wants, right. and just the idea of having man. to Don't endure. Don't listen to your emotions. Yeah. yeah. It's just oh, like, that's yeah. like so contrary. It's very misleading. It, it, it has this, rem- it, like, it's reminiscent of this truth mm-hmm. or this, this idea of like being in, in alignment with the universe and listening to yourself, but it's really not. Yeah. At least not for some people. And I yeah. think, I think that's where a lot of our like struggle with the church has been is like, there's so much preached about find out for yourself and like question things but really don't and then, actually and then, and don't find the out same, it's true and then in the minister. same breath yeah, exactly yeah. in the same breath follow the prophet like that's don't ingrained. question the prophet because yeah. he's the he mouthpiece of god yeah. like he he is the like there's, there's a big word i can use propaganda I song <laughs> yeah but like just like he is like the the end all be all of what god wants for you and so your own personal witness like it's you meaningless. you being happy with a woman is Satan. And it's like, mm. that's literally impossible. That's literally the that's opposite literally of what I experienced. Something else that the church teaches that is true is wickedness never was happiness. So if I'm happy, I'm not being wicked, period. And there's and I'm not being misled either. Mm. But then they also teach that it's like false happiness. Which is, which is like, which that's is not just, a thing. Which is just what they what they like to twist into place when it, when it serves because, them best. Because it's like, you'll be like, but what about these people that are so happy that aren't Mormon, that drink or smoke it's like, or well, they think whatever. They're happy, well, they're, gross, they're really though. not. Like, I've seen, I've seen somebody say that. It's like, these yeah. people have left the church. They say they're happy. They're and really they act not like they're, they're so happy, but they're really not happy. And it's like, happy, what do you think happiness is? <laughs> like, if they act happy and talk about being happy, they're probably happy. Like That happiness 
example is so confuddling to me because it's like in the moment again it makes sense like oh, you, you say you're happy but you don't really know what true happiness is you sinner right. uh, <laughs> but it's like being on the flip side of that now it's like how could you ever say that or think that yeah. about someone else it's yeah. like once you stop drinking the kool-aid man it's it's so bigoted too it's like my life is better than yours. And if you're not my yeah. life, then you're... you're the you must be yeah. really miserable. It's like, <sighs> if you don't have the truth, like, I have the truth. And I've, like, never been happier than I have in these last few years. In my entire yeah. life. Like, Me these either. last two years yeah. have, have honestly been the most wonderful two years of my life. Yeah. And it's been... There's been struggle, for sure. And, and having that crisis of faith is, is hard. Right. And letting go of those things it's it it's it's like divorce what do i do with my life with the last with 33 like years of my of life that. yeah what where do i do with go? all these memories what do i do with this package of of keepsakes you know and but i've like i can honestly say i'm happier now than i've ever been ever and it's not only like jillian's a big part of it but that's not the only part of it leaving the church has been surprisingly easy and good yeah. and good yeah and such an improvement and it's just like things just keep falling into our laps things just keep getting better just like the more we learn our life is just on this upswing yeah that I feel like is not gonna it's end because we decided that we didn't have to create suffering for ourselves and so we didn't yeah. and we don't anymore it's like it's just it's like a whole thing it's just I just wish I just wish that I could talk to those lesbians who divorce each other to join the church and just be like if it makes you yeah. cry to think of what you lost in joining the church you probably shouldn't have joined the church again like marry the woman that you love it's gonna be okay be happy it's gonna be okay that, that interview was so that was like the most uh... horrible thing just the most you awful. You talked about thing. that one on that social media one, that video, and like where they like got married and like went to church, and then her wife took it, the but, discussions. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I don't. Yeah, and she was like talking about like you know I don't know what Heavenly Father's plan for me is, but it must be better than than being married and just like crying while she said that. It's like, if just you like, are this miserable, most, that's the most awful thing I've ever heard. I remember reading the comments on that, just like from like true believing Mormon commenting on that. Like you're so brave, you're it's so just strong. Like, it's like so emotional, such a, like a powerful interview. Yeah, like, like what, a, what a true witness of the gospel. And it's like, no, no. It's the opposite. Yeah. That is not what it is. I'm just like, I'm excited to get to the other side of this physical experience and to find out that I was right. That being happy is the point. And that, and that you know, whatever source is, whatever God is, Sort of just being like, you guys really didn't have to suffer that much. Like, that was not the idea. Like, you got it all wrong. To get kind of, like, weirdly speculative and, like, evolutionary or whatever, uh -huh. like, there's a reason why happiness as an emotion... Well, there's a reason why humans are emotional. Like, from an evolution standpoint, it makes us different than the animals. Mm -hmm. to, secondly, there's a reason why we have happiness. Why that's, like, this riveting, like, out-of-body experience, right? There's maybe... Okay, and this is the weird, the weird like speculative part. But like, <laughs> like, there's this reason why we feel happiness, so that we're always like having that sense of progression. We're always like, because again, in the we're idea pursuing of like, the next thing that makes us right, happy. Yeah. The, the truth is about feeling good, and you know, like that evolves. It's always changing and moving. Yeah. You know, so it's like. 
it's kind of it's kind of like the little like red laser that you're chasing where it's like (laughs) source source is just like this is gonna make you happy oh now you're there we're gonna move up here because this is gonna make you happy and applying that back to a mormon like paradigm it's like if you're following that little red laser that your whole life you're gonna progress you're gonna do the mormon thing of like the ultimate Mormon Being thing, which yourself. is progressing to become yeah. more like God. I know. But it, if you're, which is yeah. like the biggest irony is that we left the Mormon church so that we could the, like fulfill the Mormon ideal. The Mormon version of that is, is the opposite, where it's like instead of like feeling it out and like filling in your mold and figuring out who you are, it's the this is the mold, this is how it is. Now fit in it. Now live the rest of your life to fit this exactly. Yeah, and if you don't, you're wrong. And it works for some people. You're going to hell. But it doesn't work darkness. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. 